So, uh, today is, um, we discussed, we're going to discuss what's beyond faith. Isn't it? Everywhere we go, all over the world, uh, every religion asks for faith. Isn't it like that? The people in the church say, have faith. The people in the synagogue say, have faith. The people in the mosque say, have faith. Isn't it always like that? So, is that the beginning and is that the end? What is the return of faith? What do we get? What should faith do? Uh, is that all there is, is faith? So, for that, let's consult the words of Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. What does Krishna say? So, the devotee of Krishna always wonders, well, what does Krishna say? What does Shastra say? You see? Otherwise, we speculate. So, when it comes to the subject of faith, let's just see what the Lord has to say. He has so much that he says. So, we, the, the devotees of Krishna, want to cling to those words of his. I'll get situated here sooner or later. By the time I get situated, it's time to quit. So, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna reveals all knowledge. It's the sum total of all the Vedas. You see, everything is here. It's everywhere else in the Vedas in much greater detail. But everything is here. This is our life and soul. Uh, Krishna is talking directly to us. He tells us how to live our life. He tells us what is good for us, what is bad for us. He tells us how to behave. He tells us how to raise our families. He tells us how to be decent people, you see. So, he's telling so much. What does Krishna say in seventh chapter, first verse, Bhagavad Gita? Does anybody want to guess, what does Krishna want? Is there something more than faith Krishna wants? Let's see what Krishna has to say. Sri Bhagavan Vacha Vayashdakta Mana Purta Jogandunjamad Asrayaha Asamsayam Samagramam Yatta Jagyasi Tachtrinu Jagyasi. What is this? What is gas? What is gas? Uh, yes, uh, yes, What is that? Gun is knowledge. What does Krishna say? Translation: The supreme personality of Godhead said, "Now hear, O son of Krita, how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of Me, with mind attached to Me, you can know Me in full, free from doubt." So where does faith go? Faith turns into something. According to Krishna, he wants you to know him. There's a difference between faith and knowledge. Faith is, I believe, that when I <clears throat> turn up the key in my car, I have faith that it will start. When I hear the engine, vroom, now I know it starts, you see. So faith is something that we invest. 
isn't it? And like all investments, we expect a return. I cast my faith. I invest my faith. From that comes knowledge. We ultimately know, you see. This is what Krishna wants. He wants us to know him in full, you see. When we come to the philosophies, uh, let's say the Hindu philosophy, we're not asking for just faith, you see. We, we transcend faith. Faith turns into knowing, knowing Krishna directly, you see. Which sometimes as I travel around the world, many times people say, what made you, an American, take to this Hindu faith? Knowing. I don't want to just have faith. I want to know. You see. This is the beauty of what we have. This is our heritage. This is what we get from Krishna, from Mother India. We get this wonderful way of knowing Krishna, you see. So, uh, how do we get to know Krishna? Krishna says here, by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me. How is it that we practice yoga in full consciousness of Krishna? And what does this practicing yoga in full consciousness mean? Does it mean, like, you know, now in America, so many yoga salons are everywhere. Have you seen? Now, yoga has come to America. I heard $65 billion a year are spent in America on yoga. Isn't it? Amazing, you see. Now, are they practicing yoga as you know yoga? No. You know yoga, you see. Yoga goes beyond the yoga studio. Yoga goes beyond the mandir. Yoga travels with you every minute of every day. Yoga is a unite or a union with the Supreme, with Krishna. To connect, you see. How do we connect? By transcendental, loving, devotional service to Krishna. You see. Now, does that mean that we come and clean the temple? We clean the mandir? That's part of it, yes. We may sweep the parking lot. If you pull up and you see that maybe someone is, you may pick it up. You know, if some, if the wind blows some trash up the hill, you may pick it up. That's performing devotional service. You see, but the science of this bhakti yoga transcends much further than that. You see, as we raise our families in this tradition of loving service, we are performing loving devotional service. You see, as we work our jobs, we're performing loving devotional service. Because the purpose of working our jobs is to, at least as much as we can, support this wonderful mandir and to help all of the devotees. That's devotional service. There was some research done, I read on the internet. Many people uh, wanted to study, the people uh, that study dollars and cents, what do they call them, economists, I think? Yeah, economists. Is that it? They're wanting to study, you know, various groups that are quite wealthy. And the two that stood out are the Jews and the Indians. And they wondered why. I mean, it's not like they're just a little bit better off, 
They're far more successful in their careers. Far more. As a group of people, it's beyond, uh, uh, it's not an accident. So they studied these two groups of people to find out, well, why is this? And amongst these two groups, the Indians and the Jews, they found something very, very much in common. Both of them consider their work, their occupation, to be part of their worship. In other words, for us, the worship never stops, you see. We don't go uh, to church, perhaps, or to the synagogue or the mosque or whatever on Sunday morning and then leave. When we leave, Krishna goes with us. Isn't it like that? Krishna is always with you. And you have the consciousness of that. That is called Krishna consciousness. In that everything that you do, how you conduct yourself, how you deal with your family, how we react to circumstances that come about. This is dependence on Krishna. My dear Lord, please direct me. You see. Please give me instruction. I'm confused here. I need your help. Isn't it like that? I can, I can remember many times in India, uh, I tried to spend as much time in India as possible. Uh, I didn't get to go last year, but I'm going this October and will stay for six months. I'll stay as, uh, only, I can only stay six months because they kicked me out after six months. <laughs> so, plus, my guru wants me to come travel the world and preach. So, uh, but I see as I walk the streets of Brindavan, you can see uh, the wallas, the merchants, as they open their business sometimes. They're doing little puja, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Doing, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. You see it. So, it's not like, okay, I left the mandir and God is there. So now I will go make money without him. You see Krishna everywhere. You see Krishna, everything that they do, every action they perform, every thought that they think, and every word that comes from, them, from their mouth is at least indirectly connected to Krishna and glorifying the Lord and being thankful to the Lord. You see. Why? Is this faith? This is extreme faith, if it is faith. It's because you know Krishna loves you. You know that you have shelter from Krishna. You see? It's not a roll of the dice. It's like in Las Vegas, they have that game where you roll the dice. And they also have like this one where they spin the wheel. You bet on a number, and then you spin the wheel <clears throat> and hope. You see? The devotee doesn't have hope. I've heard many people say, well, we need hope. When you have Krishna, you don't need hope. You've transcended hope. Isn't it? Hope is a stepping stone. Faith and hope are a stepping stone to having knowledge. You see? Knowledge in love of Krishna. What is Krishna? Why does Krishna want us to know him? Why does he say here this? He says it so many times. In Bhagavad Gita, he says... Uh, uh, many, many different times, but in the fifth chapter, I think it's 29th verse, he says, Bhokta Ram Jagya Tapasyam. 
Sarva Loka Maheshwaram, uh, Sri Dham Sarva Bhutanam. Uh, what's that? Sri Dham Sarva Bhutanam. Anyway, the last part where Krishna, the last part of the verse, Krishna says, he, he says, uh, uh, I am the recipient of all sacrifices, penances, austerities. I am the ultimate recipient. You see, Bhoktaram Jagya Tapasya. A tapasya and Jagya, sacrifice. I am the recipient, ultimately. No matter who you direct it to, I, I end up getting it. Sarva Loka Maheshwaram. Sarva, all, loka, planets, Mahavishwaram. I am the supreme controller of all the planets, all the living entities and demigods there. Shuridam Sarva Bhutanam. Shurid, this word shurid means friend. There are different kinds of friends. There's the uh, mitra, mitra, casual friend. Someone that you may... Uh, know from work, and you may see them at H-E-B, and you say, oh, hello, how are you today? Good to see you, sir. And then there's the official friend, the uh, uh, bandhu, official, like an uncle that you don't know very well. You may see him, John Mashtami, maybe, but he lives far away, but officially he's your friend, because he's your uncle. And then there's the shurid, the shurid, Krishna says, I am the best friend of all living entities. The Shurid is the best friend. It's just like if you're traveling. Uh, and in Texas, there are many places, like between here and El Paso, it's almost uh, 600 miles to El Paso, through the desert. Far from, you can be far from towns, far from civilization. And let's say, God forbid, that you're traveling to El Paso and the car stops, it breaks down. In the middle of the desert, far from anything, nothing. You need help. You need to call a friend. You need to call your best friend. You see, you call your best friend. Hare Krishna Prabhu, I'm in the, I'm in the desert, you see. Then you don't have to beg. The true friend. You don't say, oh, please, please, come and help me. You say, I am in the desert. Oh, where are you? Oh, I'm about 50 miles west of Ozona. I'll be there in about three, four hours. Oh, thank you, Prabhuji. Thank you so much. You don't even have to ask. The true friend, I'll be right there. You see. So Krishna is this Shuri. He is the best friend of the living entity. And Krishna says in closing that verse, Knowing this, not believing it or having faith in it, but knowing this relieves you from the pains of material existence. Knowing that I am your best friend. You see? Not having faith, knowing. So, uh, this uh, Krishna consciousness of ours goes far beyond faith. Uh, faith is simply the beginning. And for all of you, that faith ended probably when you began to walk or when you began to go to school. 
you see. You're so fortunate to be raised in this um, heritage. From the time you went to school, you knew Krishna will always take care of you. You knew that your endeavors, which are based on pleasing Him, will always be successful. Which gives uh, kind of an appearance to some other people as if you're, um, uh, there's a, Nietzsche had this word, an ubermensch, a superman. An overachiever. Someone who does bigger than life things. Some, like people who may come from a, a, a very poor country and erect a beautiful temple on the hilltop outside of San Antonio. <laughs> you see, this is monumental. I know you don't see it as you don't appreciate your own accomplishments because of your humility. But for me, I'm, uh, I'm amazed at what you've done here. And it's because of this knowing that Krishna is your best friend. Knowing the Lord. And all of his servants, the demigods, will take care of you. Every step of the way. There's no doubt. You see. You never have to turn to the material energy. We don't have to depend on the economy. It seems like it has an influence on us. But we, the devotees of Krishna, we depend on Krishna. He will protect us. He will always do. So, uh, and by the way, I forgot to say when I started, if there are, are any questions or comments, please interrupt at any time, please. You know. So are there any, any questions or comments at this time? Hmm? None? So, uh, I think I'm supposed to go until 11.45? Okay, very good. So, uh, when one invests this faith, and again, faith is something that is invested. We expect a return. But as I said, we've all passed that. We've invested, and it's been returned. It's like we had the faith that our car would start, and it started, we know. You see. So now, here we are, uh, Navigating this material world. But not on faith and hope. On knowledge. And we see that when we do like that, Krishna is working from within us. Now some people say, well I don't understand. How does God work from within me? It's we become, Srila Rupa Goswami says, uh, we become an instrument of Krishna. It's just like if you go to a, uh, hear a musician play, a great pianist, he's going to play the piano, you see. So he sits and he plays this beautiful uh, piano music. At the end, there's tremendous applause. Who are they applauding? The piano? Or the musician? But the piano made the sound. But the piano was completely surrendered to the musician. The piano is like the devotee of Krishna. The devotee of Krishna says, My dear Lord, please use me as your instrument. I surrender to you. Do as with me as you like. 
If you want me to dance, make me dance. If you want me to speak, give me words to say. But I am simply your instrument, you see. So, when we can surrender to the Supreme Lord and become his instrument, then that that you are doing is Krishna doing. God is doing. Because you're his surrendered servant, you see. So, with that knowledge, how can we be surprised when you achieve great things? Isn't it? Do we not learn to, after some time, to expect great things? If it's Krishna's desire, yes, we can expect. It will be so. I will simply be the instrument. And people will try to give you the credit. They will say, oh, what a wonderful thing you've done. But in your heart you say, that's very nice of you to say, but I'm simply an instrument of the Lord. It is His doing. You see. We don't catch it and keep it. It's like um, uh, someone asked me, how is it that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead? What about all the other personalities? So, Krishna is the supreme He's like the owner. Others are his servants. See, It's just like one person uh, gave me this concept. It's just like if you go to, uh, sometimes when I travel, I have to stay in a hotel. You know, if I'm close, if I'm someplace where there's no temple, uh, no community, so I have to stay in a hotel. So sometimes when we check into a hotel, we ask the person at the desk, it may be a young man or a young lady, and we say, uh, how much is the room? And it's 50, 60, whatever, $70. And you say, okay, very good. Uh, so, here, here's my money. And she gives me the key. So I've given this Lakshmi to her. But she doesn't take and put it in her pocket. She may be the front desk uh, uh, manager or the motel manager, but she's not the owner. She takes that money and it goes to the owner. From that compensation is paid. But ultimately, that jugya, that tapasya that I give to her winds up in the hands of the owner. She is the recipient. She is granting me to stay there. I'm offering Yogya Tapasya. She's giving me shelter. But it's the owner. She's acting as an an instrument of the owner. So we see, always, the Lord is the owner. You see, he's the Supreme Father. He's the one that will always, and has always, taken care of us full care of us, you see. He is the seat-giving Father. So, uh, as I talk to Westerners, I have to convince them that they're thinking, I don't know if I should have faith in God, though, because I want to see and touch something. And as I say, in other words, you believe in your senses. Our senses are imperfect, you know. Our eyes are not perfect. Because if we're in a, a, a room that's enclosed and we turn off the lights, 
In the darkness, my eyes don't work. They're not perfect. Sensory perception in and of itself is not enough to satisfy an intelligent man, you see. So, they're wondering, so you're asking me to cast my faith in God, you see. And it's like it's a big risk. Well, will he do what I want him to do? Yes, he will. But especially if all you want to do is what he wants you to do. You see, there is this prayer, Our Father, what is it, how does that go? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's just like you were hallowing the name of Krishna, the names of the Lord, when, when I was waiting, you see. Hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done. Oh, what is it? Oh. As in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's beautiful, isn't it? But then they say, now give us this day our daily bread. My guru said, daily bread is there. Who has fed you all of your life? Who has fed all of your descendants? Who feeds the squirrels and the birds? Who feeds the fish? So, it's not that we start to cast faith and then start to know Krishna, that he starts to do for us. He has always been doing. Always. Everything comes from him. A definition of God would be he from which everything emanates. The source of all sources. And it's always been that way. When we start to have faith in, in God, it doesn't start. It's always been that way. We start, we're just suddenly discovering, my dear Lord, you have always taken care of me. You've always held me in your lap. You're responsible for all of my successes. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, I am the ability in man. I am the ability in man. What ability do we have? We have the ability to love him. That's all he wants. Know me. Because when you know me, you will love me. And Krishna knows, he always knows, he is Krishna. He knows he's the most beautiful, the all-attractive. He knows, he never forgets. So he knows that if you know me, you will love me. I'm irresistible. I'm Krishna. So, he wants us to know him. Not with awe and reverence. We can approach him through awe and reverence. That's a very good. We may be awe and reverence by the, you know, when we fall flat. But, and that's very good. That's the step in the right direction. But as we get to know this all-loving Krishna, awe and reverence will go away. Love will replace awe and reverence. Isn't it like that? as you get to know somebody. It's just like if you got to know the President of the United States. For a while there may be some awe and reverence. But after some time when you know him very well, you go on vacations, your family and his family. Spend time at each other's house. 
At some point, as the love goes, as uh, grows, and as the relationship matures, all of reverence is gone. Isn't it? It's like that with the Supreme Lord. You see, He wants yours. Oh, undying, ultimate love. He wants all of you. What does Krishna want? He wants all of you. He'll accept whatever we offer. He makes no demands. I will humbly accept whatever. Krishna says, Patram Pushpam Palam huh? You can offer me with love and devotion. Flower, fruit, water, leaf. Now, we all know Krishna doesn't need a flower. He has so many flowers. Huh? In, in Krishna Loka, the Loka Vrindavan, Krishna has flowers we can't imagine. Parijakta flower. Uh, fruit. Our fruits in America can't compare with Indian fruits. How can they compare with the fruits in the Loka Vrindavan? <laughs> we have to filter our water to make it drinkable. And the leaves, we have plenty of leaves. You see. But what does Krishna have? Unlimited. He doesn't need fruit, flower, water. He doesn't need your filtered water. But what he wants is the love and devotion. If you offer me with love and devotion, I will accept it. He takes the love and devotion. He also accepts the fruit and the flower and the water. And by doing that, he becomes the offering. When we make an offering of prasad, when we offer to Krishna, Krishna accepts it and he becomes the offering. Therefore, when we take prasadam, we're taking Krishna, we're eating. Krishna has eaten. Some people say, well, he ate, but it's still there. Krishna can eat with his eyes. All of his senses are interchangeable. You see, when he glances, it becomes prasadam. He becomes the offering. He eats. He enjoys. Yeah. It's just like, you may think, but my cooking isn't perfect. But if your love is, cooking is perfect. The Lord is very happy. You see. You know that story of Sudama? Sudama. He went to see Krishna, he just had some chipped rice. Hmm? Puffed rice, yeah. Just puffed rice. So simple. So simple that he didn't even want to offer it to Krishna. And Krishna says, oh, what is that you have brought me? Oh, nothing. No, no, what is that? Let me see. And he took this simple, simple, that's as simple as we can get, isn't it? It's such a basic, you know, simple, simple, simple food. But because of the love that's dumb from her head, Krishna grabbed it and he ate it with great ecstasy. The simple preparation became all attractive to Krishna because it came from his pure devotee with unadulterated love. My guru used to say, unalloyed love. You know, alloy means you mix metals together. He said, unalloyed love. In other words, love that's not mixed with any just pure love, you see. So the devotee walks in the love of Krishna, the loving exchange. 
So, any questions or comments? Yes, probably. Even the thought of God being our, you know, even realize the God consciousness, Krishna consciousness, is His divine will, isn't it? So that divine will may some people may may or may not realize. What do you think the reason is? His divine will is that we love Him, but. Whereas he has divine will, he gives you free will. He gives you choice. There's no threat. In some, uh, some religious beliefs, there's threat that you better serve God, or else, boy, it's going to be, as they say, hell to pay. Krishna doesn't say like that. He gives you free will. Why? Because he loves you and he wants you to love him. He's the supreme Godhead. So that means he's the supreme everything. He's the, that makes him the supreme lover and the supreme romantic. He doesn't force. You have to say, my dear Lord, I love you. Why? Why do you love me? Because I can't help myself. I can't help but love you. You're all attractive. You're all wonderful. Krishna says, oh, me? Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. I love you too. And I always have. You see. But we have to have the choice. So he has his divine will. But he'll put that on hold and give you free will to see. What will you do? Where will you go in this material world? How many buddies will you uh, transmigrate through looking for something to enjoy besides me? And it's okay. I'm not angry. Because ultimately, I know I'm Krishna. I'm the most attractive. You will choose me. I just don't know when. Is that okay? Yes, Prabhupada. You talked about faith, Maharaj. Many, you know, you start initially faith is a blind faith until you experience something that leads you to divinity. Then you have a faith which is based on experience. Now, many religions talk about faith, as you said, it's just blind faith. Okay, you do it, you've got to do it, otherwise you go to hell. So, which is a higher level of faith? Because even in other religions, I mean, they talk about going to heaven and getting, like, Receive, you know, almost experiencing divinity there also. Which is a higher level of faith? A faith-based experience or a faith-based on which is blind? Higher level of faith is faith based on experience, which turns into knowing. You see, I've there are many people. The people, for instance, in the Christian religion, who react with God on a fear basis, they're what many Christians refer to as the junior Christians. They don't have full understanding. There are many, uh, although they may be few, percentage-wise. I've talked to some that I know very well and I've become very close with. And they see that our two faiths match. They see that we're right and that they're right as well. And they, they say, yes, you should. Uh, learn to love God 
you see. Yeah. You should learn to love God. What is it Krishna says, 18th chapter, uh, 66th verse, give it all up. Yeah. Give up all forms of religion. Just surrender to me, become my devotee. I will deliver you, you see. That's not a fear. That's an offer of love. He doesn't say, you better surrender to me or you will burn in hell. Krishna never makes that. You see. So many Christians who, have, who are very devout have come to that realization too. God is our shurid, our dear most friend. You see, Not to be feared. If you fear, how can you love? Isn't it? Not possible. If I'm afraid, that's like if I find, you know, around here I'm sure there's some rattlesnakes. You might find one. <laughs> if you find one, you could go, how can you love him? I'm afraid. I can love you from a distance. I, I wish you well. <laughs> but not at my expense. You see? How can we become intimate? So that means unquestionable faith is surrender and the blind faith is... is Blind faith is keeping arm's length. So it's, you know? it's the unquestionable faith. Right. Blind faith is still waiting for the next move. Okay, God, I'm having faith. Now let me see what you do. I did my part. Now you, you know, it's up to you. Let's see what you're going to do. So that's the surrender. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Should we close now? Yes. Okay. Thank all of you uh, so much.